Oh man, that was a hell of a Halloween party, dude. I'm glad this place was open so we could get some grub. Man, you remember that Halloween party a few years ago where that fucking dweeb tossed that girl's cell phone into that fucking bowl of pudding? No. That shit was fucking hilarious. Yeah, dude, I can't believe that. I can't believe you thought that was a woman, too. <laughs> right? No, Holy I mean, crap. Took it to the bedroom, man. Look, I mean, I had to do what I had to do that night, man. I had to lay the hammer down. Had to slay. You know what I'm saying, bro? Uh, Woo! It is what it is, pal. We've all been there. That was also the same night as those fucking killings, though. That that guy went on a rampage and was murdering babysitters and shit. What was what was his name? I can't remember. He's like a... He was murdering people left and right like babies and shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did worse than the babies, too. Yeah. Hey, guys. Welcome to Boss Tuna Brewery and Grill. I'm Boss <laughs> Tuna, and I'm going to be taking care of you tonight. How was your guys' night going? Well, it was better before you got here. <laughs> That's <Hey>. serendipitous. <laughs> What's your special tonight? Oh, I am so glad you asked. Our special is a double grind house zombie Myers burger served with a special strode Bernays sauce and a side of revenge. But I would highly recommend our dessert. It's a tiramisu with extra 40 year old old school haters tears. <laughs> Evil dies tonight, bud. Yeah, bud. Evil never dies. It just changes shape, bud. Hell yeah, bud.
You're all going to die down here. Shot him six times! Always check your candy. Matter kid, don't you like clowns? Hey. Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we fucking funny? Welcome back, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Most importantly, welcome to the second episode of the Joe Blow Horror Show Oktoberfest. This, it's, you can probably hear the fire cracking in the background. I'm joined by a couple special guests. Some of our listeners probably already know. It's Halloween night. You guys probably know what's coming. We we haven't missed a beat. Every Halloween, we've had this certain movie franchise released. We've covered it here for you. So, as always, I am joined finally after excuse me after a couple episode hiatus. Uh, uh-huh. Honey hair, the herbal enchanter Tibu climbed out of the swamps and finally has reunited. Reunited and, and it, it feels, feels so, so good. good. That harmonizing is we we could probably just cover the original better than it was. But obviously that that <laughs> sweet, sweet voice of an angel, half Fergie, half Jesus, it's Honey Hair himself. Tibu, what's up, buddy? And I I gotta say, welcome back to the Joe Blow Horror Show. Yeah, I know. Your milkshake brought me to the yard. Uh, I dredged myself out of the swamp. You're right. That goddamn bayou had me gurgling down deep at the bottom, but I we were I, gurgling something there, but hoo hoo. Yeah, but for Halloween though, I have been resurrected. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> yeah, so th- I wouldn't miss this for the fucking world, and I'm super excited because we got somebody else sitting here around the campfire with us. I mean, it's a special treat when we got this guy back in the house, and I say back in the house because. He is the original part of the Joe Blow Horror Show. And obviously, we cannot do a Halloween special without him. So, Double D is back. Yo, what up? Double D in the house. Gang, gang. Gang, love. Gang, gang, love. <sighs> it, just, it just feels good. It feels good to be back outside. Unlike last year, we actually have decent weather. It's like... 43 42 degrees out it's Real nice out decent, yeah we got a fire cracking and we're not free last year was cold we were freezing our nuggets off last year so it just the stars have aligned and we are out here doing a legit fireside chat coming at you with our joe blow horror show oktoberfest episode special fireside chat review of halloween ends kibu we get a lot of people wanting to interact with us, and I always will say, join our Discord, send us some emails. How can they do that? Well, if you want to send an email, you got to hit us up at show at gmail.com. There's going to be a Discord link in the description of this episode that is a perpetual invite for any and all listeners. Hop in there because that is the most fun that you're going to have interacting with us or search it on Discord, Joe Blow Horror Show, where I'll show our show on the uh the socials facebook instagram slasher twitter joe blow horror show it's it's real easy to find motherfuckers find us find us 
you know, I, I've we've done a, enough of these fireside chats where I've gotten I, I keep getting messages of, hey, when are you guys getting YouTube? We need to seriously start looking into getting YouTube. I guess that's the thing. But I think and it's we, it's always like tagged from the fireside chat episodes. I mean, that must be like a. I really don't know. But they want to see. They want to see the ambiance. They want to see the so. fire. I think so yeah. I've never got anything like that as far as like a YouTube request that wasn't like with a fireside chat. So yeah, maybe it is the ambiance. Or might stop watching once they see you. Yeah, I was gonna say I just have to wear a mask or, or do makeup or something the whole time. So, but just go anyways. steal Michael's mask and put it on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got, I know you guys saw that. I have, I spent $70 on a legit Michael Myers mask. It's a Halloween kills one. Dude, it's it's so detailed. It even has the, the fucking pinhole on his neck where he got stabbed with the, um, needle, uh, the, the sewing, sewing needle. needle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I was going to say like, I, I picked it up and it was my daughter and I at, at Spirit Halloween and I put it on. I'm like, oh my god, this fits good. It fits. It's tight. Did I was you like, feel like it was legit? It, I, I I sent you the picture, right? Yeah, dude. I was like, you're like I'm gonna start murdering. And people I'm like, now. I'm gonna get this. And then I looked at <laughs> seventy dollars. I was like, uh. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm I'm doing it. When so, are you gonna wear that, dude? I should have worn it tonight. You should have. Sh- Go bring it out, dude. I yeah no shit. Well, I was gonna say not like for the it. YouTube. Yeah, no for the YouTube. Yeah, because I'll sound a lot better wearing it. I'll just be, I'll, I'll be like Bane. I'll be like, well, what are you guys gonna think about that soon? Yeah. Well, yeah. evil oh, come man. to your town tonight, sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> I that was, I did such a bad Bane impression. Anyways, I don't know about you guys, but actually, before we get into that, it's Halloween. What did you guys do? Uh, what was your plans for Halloween? I mean, let's talk about... Oh, shit. You know what? Tibu, I fucked up. We were supposed to talk about our 31 days of Halloween. We're we're just going to have to do a bonus episode of that. Because, yeah, I wow, did... Yeah, for I the, don't even have 31 movies yet. <laughs> for, the first, for the first time ever, I did the 31 days of Halloween, or whatever you call that, and... October. October, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll just you know what? Stay tuned. That'll be our next episode. We'll we'll put out a little bonus, a little boner episode. Double wrister, jammers, it's all gonna be in there for you guys. No spit, no lube, sandpaper finish. And we'll talk about our, our 31 days. I can't remember. Did I post I think I posted it on Slasher, but I, I took uh I, I wrote all the movies down on my watch list on, on my big calendar and I posted it. So check it out. But yeah, we'll We'll have to come in. But anyways, Halloween. What's your guys's? Give us your Halloween habits. The movies you watch leading up to Halloween. The classics. What did you guys do today for Halloween? What 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 do you I mean? This is our this is our holiday. When it comes to Halloween, uh, I mean, I have some movies that I keep tradition. The OG Halloween being one. So that that's definitely I always watch Every just time. because it fits. Yeah, it just fits the mood. Besides that, I got kids, so I take them trick-or-treating, and that's always the highlight, man. Um, getting to see the love of the season spread to the youngins. That's pretty much it for Halloween this year. Uh, well, of course, we just went to the haunted house tonight, Tuna. Yeah. It's... The Madrid Haunted House, for, for being a small, tiny town in the middle of Iowa and being done by a Mon Pa, it's legit. 100%. It's legit. 
And the owner, she got like cancer or something a couple of years ago. I don't know if I should share this, but she has one eye and like a peg leg now. And everyone thinks it's part of her costume. But that's just how it's <laughs> no, she did It's not because of cancer is the excuse. She did it for the yeah, haunted house. Yeah, she's dedicated. Yeah, she's that dedicated. She got cancer for the haunted house. Hell yeah, that's that's Hell dedication. Yeah. yeah, that's for the boys. Last weekend, <laughs> Grindhouse Zombie and I went to the Slipknot haunted house and Drunk Darius actually, yeah. uh, and Drunk Darius's boyfriend and who happens to be a girl <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's weird it's a girl this time and she's <laughs> pretty nice and drove us but yeah we went to the the haunted house the slip on haunted house oh and tuna got hit on by a bunch of old ladies they're dressed up as old ladies they were dressed up as old ladies yep but i was gonna say when you're just a a, a bbm as as my buddy calls me you know big beautiful man it's you're a bear dude yeah that's yeah, what, you, you, you're that's a bear but i've got no i've not i've got no body hair i'm i'm nice and and clean cut we don't need to know that yeah i was gonna say <laughs> little hair i do have i shave so but yeah, the yeah slip you're welcome haunted ladies. house was the slip the haunted house was legit now now we we can everybody's throwing up thinking of boss tuna naked but the slipknot haunted house was legit but they just, it was long too well, they was threw, it like 20 25 yeah, minutes it was at least but they threw like 12 of us in there and all the old ladies yeah. were in front of us so they got the good scares yeah like, it was it was uh, pretty fun though it was a picture a picture double d like leading you through there and you're like a, a hairless fucking seal just going ah, 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 like the whole way through the house oh yeah, yeah. he was definitely crawling you ever points. seen tusk that's what i look like going through that haunted house <laughs> justin long all fucked up and shit <laughs> yeah no it was legit one of the one of the highlights of living in iowa probably the only highlight of living living in iowa no i'm just kind of besides it not being minnesota hashtag iowa captive right <laughs> we got that we got a haunted house tradition here too i for the last bunch yeah, anyways, of years, uh, drunk Darius. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, team, tell us about your your haunted house. It's the 13th gate in Baton Rouge, man. Um, oh, highlight yeah. highlight of the season, and and it's also a uh, a highly regarded haunted house attraction, even oh. throughout the country. People come from all over the place to to go there, so they do it. They do it up, man. They do a good job. Great I've heard job. about it. I don't know what's their next stop, Tibu. The next stop is going to be this evening. Everyone, get ready. Titty twister time. You know what I realized, Tibu, is every single time we come here, we must come at the perfect time because it's always happy hour. There, mm -hmm. There's always just a loudspeaker and everything is half off. There, there's slashing prices. I, wait, I should say they're gashing prices. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear the man out front fucking railing on and on about it, yeah, they're gashing all right. They're everything. I mean, we, we come at the perfect time. It's all everything is on discount. So I'm I'm happy about that because you know who always buys. Boss Tuna is always buying. So I don't know about you guys, but um, I I'm thirsty and I'm gonna go ahead and let Tibu start first. Tell us what you're having tonight. Tonight I got a Sam Adams Oktoberfest, straight up, just old school. 
Um, and also the Natty Daddies because they're cheap. So I'm just doing I'm just doing some old school good Halloween fucking beer. Um, nice. Sam Adams is a little bit higher end than the Redneck beer, but I'm still keeping it kind of redneck, kind of patriotic Oktoberfest tonight, motherfuckers. Nice. Well, um, Drunk Darius, what are you drinking tonight? What 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 do you have in your hands right now? Oh, right here we got this local beer. It's a local beer. I'm all I'm all about local beers. What's what is Man, it? Iowa's not too bad after all. It's a Joe Blow Pumpkin Stout. Oh, Ooh, what vintage mm. is that? Oh no, 2020. Oh yeah, we are going. Whoa, we're going old school. Oh, I saved. Yeah. I saved a couple of. I saved a couple of the 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 vintage. The vintage brews for this one here. So it's yeah, like one. Yeah, Double D and I are gonna be enjoying a couple Joe Blow Horror Show Pumpkin Stouts 2020 vintage. But I also have something special as well, too. I um it's kind of a funny story. I always share these random stories, and I'll always get like one person will message me and they'll either say like how dumb it was or like, oh, I laughed so hard that made my day. But this is probably me one that's super dumb. But I laughed so hard. Long story short, a guy on my hockey team went out to California this year. And as a joke, he's got a buddy that's very, um, I mean, if I'm being blunt, he's kind of homophobic, uh, which is not cool. But you talk about yourself or no? No. So what he did was is he he always like screwing with them. Like he'll randomly put his hand on his leg and just, just random stuff. They're oh, both yeah. married with kids. Yeah. So my buddy was like, yeah, he showed me this picture and he is, he was like, you know, I took his phone afterwards and I sent it to myself. But anyways, he, they, they went out to the beach. He, he uh, had regular shorts on. Well, he grabbed this hat, put a bunch of the, the sunscreen on his nose. So you look like a total gomer Yeah. and he shedded his, his shorts and he put on his, uh, he put on his, uh, uh, speedo. And I grabbed his phone. I sent it to myself and I blew up and I made a, I'm going to show drunk Darius right now because I think you want to see it. You'll like it a lot more, but I got, <laughs> I got a poster of him. It was a 24 by 36 poster. I'm like, this will be hilarious. Where am I going with this story? By the way, I don't even know how or why I started this story. So what's our special treat? That's your special treat. Oh yeah, yeah. He's literally standing on the beach in a speedo. That's one in the spin, dude. Thing. I paid forty two dollars for that at the UPS store to turn that into a twenty four by thirty six <laughs> poster. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with this story. I thought You're it was getting funny. us a special treat. Uh, yeah, I thought it was funny. Oh yeah, special treat. Anyways, so I had to kill time. Yeah, that circling back around, I had to kill time because they're like, oh, it's gonna be another hour. So I went to my favorite brewery. I was like, hey, do you guys have any good brews? This right here is the most expensive beer I bought in a long time. It's one 16-ounce can, $15. It's at Barntown Brewing. It's called Higher Grounds. This is a barrel-aged imperial pastry stout with toasted coconut and Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee and milk sugar aged in Weller bourbon barrels for one year. So I paid God, 50 bucks damn. for that. That that it better be fucking legit. I think it's like fifteen point three percent, but yeah. So, anyways, I hope you guys like my story of me because I I had a hockey game tonight. It's a Friday night, 
Or... It's a great Speedo story. Out of all the Speedo stories I've heard tonight, that was the best one. <laughs> Sweet. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Oh. Anyways, Tibu, you got a killer mask over there, bud. Are you oh, trying yeah. to scare away the... the? Because it, it, shit's getting rowdy in here right now. Yeah, I'm trying to be do my best, Jason, and uh, put on my hockey gear for for you you boys up there, eh? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I told you about the uh, the jersey um, I wear for my Friday night team, right? When whenever we're dark and away, I got a Voorhees. Uh, it's a black. When, whenever we're dark, it's a black jersey. It says Voorhees on it. It's got his hockey mask on the front, and the name on the back is Voorhees. It's fucking great. I fucking love it. I love it. Yeah, I was wearing this mask to ward off all the evil that's going to happen because we've been coming here so long. Yeah, we've timed it precisely, folks. We know when the show starts at the drive-in, and we know when happy hour is here because right right after happy hour is done, it's uh, it's bloodletting hour. I think I think we need a bell. We need a bell right now, right now. <laughs> right now, let's get out of here, Mal. Let's go, Mal. I'm about to eat some gummies. That's nice. I gotta be somewhat sober because I'm pretty sure I have to take my boyfriend home. Right, folks, we are going to get into this right now. Halloween ends. Obviously, this is a 22-2022. This is the third installment of the new franchise that was resurrected in 2018. This one is rated R. It's clocking in at an hour and 51 minutes. Obviously, if you haven't seen the movie, maybe don't listen to this because we are going to spoil the shit out of this. If you are new to the Joe Blow Horror Show, we spoil pretty much all the movies we cover. So just know that going forward. But just a little mini plot summary. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in the final installment of this trilogy. And I hate IMDb because that one sucks. And if I read it ahead of time, I wouldn't have read that. All right, friends. It's been It's been enough bullshit time. Let's get into this. But if you haven't seen this, why are you listening to this? Because we're going to spoil the shit out of it, and it's going to detract from the movie. This one is going to star, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis as Lori. Andy Matichek is Allison. Um, we got the shape in there. We got a new character, Corey, who's played by Rohan Campbell. Will Patton is coming back as Frank. And that's about that's about all we need to know for the main characters. Rick Moose, I love him. He played Ronald. 
um, which is what the the stepdad. He he was he was pretty cool. But this one again for the third time was directed by David Gordon Green. Obviously, it's based off of characters from John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. I want to say real quick, uh, this trilogy of films from David Gordon Green is a sequel to uh, the first film. For any listeners who don't know, first Halloween film, 1978. Direct sequel is Halloween 2018. We follow with Halloween Kills, and then we get Halloween Ends. This has been much talked about in the horror community uh, leading up to it and after its release simultaneously in theaters and streaming on Peacock. So everyone's had a chance to see this movie by now, by the end of the month, which is where we're at. If you have not seen the movie, like Boss Tuna said, and you don't want to be spoiled, don't fucking listen, because we're about to spoil this motherfucker. Spoilers die tonight! Nope. No, they don't. No, they don't. And I feel like we need to reiterate to certain people that it's a direct sequel to the eighth. Yeah. Not the sequel to part two from 1981. No. Other, because in Halloween Kills, you have a scene where Michael's standing outside the house from 1978 at the end of that film. So there's no fucking way it could be a sequel to part two. Well, let me calm down. My blood pressure is rising. Blood pressure rising. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about when you guys see this. Obviously, we all just recently saw it. I want to hear about your guys' theater experiences, your peacock experiences. Your hand in your left pocket experiences playing pocket pool while watch. I mean, let's let's go, Tibu. You start, buddy. Unfortunately, I did not get to see this in theaters. I did see it on Peacock, however, and uh, so everyone understands how many times I've seen this movie. I've seen it for tonight's review. That was my fourth time watching this movie. So wow. there you go. And we're not going to get into. We're not going to show our cards completely, but. Um, did you enjoy it or did you not enjoy it? That's all I want to know. Yes or no. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Drunk Darius, you go, buddy. Uh, I saw it Thursday night, so the 28th. I think so. Yeah. There was me and my girl, two other couples in the theater. At one point I reached over to try to hit the heater button on her seat to fuck with her so she'd be like oh my god why is it getting so hot in here and then the couple next to us left so i think they thought we were doing something weird right after that but <laughs> yeah. why, why is drunk darius's hand it's buried like, in this what, yeah yeah i don't know why they left but it was okay a, it was an okay time t or uh double d how many people were in the theater when you watched this six there's... Oh, just you guys okay well there's Three couples. Yeah. But we didn't know the other two couples. Oh, I thought you were saying, okay. So yeah. I thought you were saying you all went together. No, no. So it was just, just you two then for a lot of it then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to mention. It? Go ahead, Tebow. Well, well, notoriously, though, based on the numbers he gave of the, the moviegoers, this film was number one in the box office the weekend it came out. The following week, the moviegoer uh, attendance dropped by like 80 something percent. It, it, oh, it's wow. it's notoriously bad for having the amount drop, but it's also the most streamed movie on Peacock in history at the time of this recording. So, oh, okay, you know, that's no. wild. I didn't even know it was on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, Double D, did you enjoy the movie or not enjoy it? I did enjoy it. You did enjoy it. Yes. Okay. But yes. 
So I saw this Friday. I ducked out of work a little bit early. I was like, I want to be fresh when we review this episode. So I wanted to go in. I wanted to see it. I saw the noon showing on Friday. I was the only person in the movie. I think I had a couple like high school kids sneak in for about half of it, like right in the middle. And they left. I, I would say they got in maybe towards the end of the first act and left like right as the third act was starting. So I there think was, they might have. There was too much bleakness and Lovecraftian nihilism going on for their brains to handle. They couldn't comprehend the darkness. Okay. They, they couldn't comprehend something. I'll tell you that for free. But yeah, so it was basically Boss Tuna in there by himself. Let's let's get into this. Uh, Tibu, I think we're going to do this a little bit different. In the last couple of movies, we just were just bullshitting the whole time. And I think, what are we just going to randomly just go through a couple of main plot points? We're going to walk our fans through the movie as far as kind of what's going on. Uh, we'll take just a couple of minutes doing that. And then I believe we have quite a bit of notes to go over. Yeah, uh, well, I've got I've got I've got bullet points for throughout the film. So. I feel like we can go through it and and talk about it as we go, um, and 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 certain aspects of it that we like or don't like or whatever. Okay. When it comes to this unexpected opening, every film in this franchise has either had a cold open with the Halloween music following it or whatever. This this is a completely different experience. You you instantly have this uh like a like almost a radio intro. And the light blue credits that suggest this is going to be different because the previous two entries or three, if you follow this timeline, timeline again for the for the listeners, previous being three. Se- 78, yes. 2018, 2021. So right. with this new movie, we've got these light blue credits and we're introduced to a bunch of brand new characters, including Corey Cunningham. Corey Cunningham is a male babysitter. So, you know, we, we woke in 2022. Corey Laurie. Yep. I, I would oh. say I would not even call him a babysitter because he was a last second fill in. He, he was their lawn boy, their yard, their yard, something or another. Right. But right. He, he, he even tells the kid, like, I'm not a babysitter. Like, yeah, fuck he, you. He literally cuts their grass and does their landscaping. But I like what uh, his name is Corey. Like Laura, I like what Double D say, Corey Laurie, and I, I got the Corey Cunningham, Michael Myers alliteration going on too. Oh, yeah. So it all it all follows yeah. suit. It's all tied in. Look look at that. Look how oh, neat wait, we're tying this bow already. We're getting yeah. we're getting deep in this. So yeah, that's I was gonna bring that up, but let's just get it out there. Corey Cunningham. Yep, Michael Myers. Let's go. They're watching the thing first of all. When the parents leave, Corey and Jeremy, the little kid, are watching. John Carpenter's The Thing on TV. And so it's hilarious it's all- because she gives this little exposition dump of this is exactly a year after what happened in 2018. So this is 2019. He's oh, yeah. Probably- sorry. This is all taking place in Haddonfield. My bad. <laughs> yep. And it's exactly a year after what happened in 2018. And he's probably an eight-year-old kid, I'm mm. going to guess. And she's like, he's been wetting his bed. He's having nightmares. No TV, no movies. He's in bed by 8.30. Boom. Snapshot. Next scene, they're watching the thing. I fucking loved it. And it's just like a big... That's what you would expect from a fucking 18-year-old lawnmower landscaper Mm. boy. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm here to... 
Well, he I mean? says he says I'm 21. I don't get scared by anything anymore because yeah, when they're watching the thing, the kids like, oh, you're just scared because he starts giving him shit like Michael Myers. They they start talking about Michael Myers because like Boston said, it's a, it's Naturally. a year after the killings, and he's like. He's gonna come and get you and blah blah blah. He's like, uh, gonna get you. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, I, I forget what leads to it, but the kid's like, he doesn't kill kids; he kills babysitters. And he's like, oh, you're scared. He's like, I'm not scared. I'm 21 years old. Nothing scares me. Bullshit. That mm-hmm. that 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 kid's a little mean ass, by the way. So at Just... that point, I thought he was gonna be the new Michael Myers. Honestly, no shit. Here's what I gather from that. I loved there. There was, I think that there is a lot of clever nuances throughout this movie that get overlooked, and I loved it because it's a stark dichotomy between this kid babysitter compared to the one in the first one because he makes an appearance from the first one in this movie, but he is, I mean, he's this sweet little kid. He's super nice. And you find out this kid is just a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. He's an evil, evil asshole. Well, maybe yeah, not yeah. evil, but he's an asshole. He's an asshole. He's an well, asshole. That's why I knew he wasn't going to be yep. the new Michael Myers because he was an asshole. After you get you get the kid fucking basically chasing him away, and Corey goes to the fridge. He gets some milk. He's gonna fucking have himself a slice of fucking bread. I don't know what kind of bread that was. It was zucchini he, bread, and it was really good, as far as the dad said. Yeah. But he leaves the knife there, and that knife being left there builds absolute honest tension in this yes. in this scene for me. Because yes. the camera zooms in, like not zooms in, but like focuses on the knife, like cluing the audience, like, hey, shit's about to go down. The little kid goes missing. Corey runs through the house. He goes he outside. Like a couple he, bumps and he's freaking out. The knife there's, is missing, so we know now. There's some very effective like, jump scares in this too. Like watching this in the theater, I it got me a couple times. Like re- the first ten seconds of the film, the mom's mm-hmm. calling up to the boy, and the camera's panned up, and you get this killer staircase. I loved it. You knew it's like four floors. Up. Yeah, you knew the staircase. The staircase was almost a character in itself. You knew something was going to happen with the staircase. And then he jumps out. I jumped a little bit. It, yeah, you get a couple effective jump scares for sure in the beginning. Well, I, after all that, Corey's looking through the house. He cannot find Jeremy anywhere. He finds the knife from the kitchen on the stairs. And I, uh, that's where I was like, Michael wouldn't leave a knife behind. So this ain't Michael. Because at first, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know where the story was going to go. But at that point, I'm like, it ain't Michael in the house. It's the kid, and the kid is p- playing a prank on his babysitter. He locks him in this room upstairs. He's taunting him about Michael fucking coming back. Corey starts guys, freaking out. I'm going to pause you real quick here for a second. Did you guys at all think that we were going to have Michael Myers in this opening? I did at first, yes. Yeah, I would suspect that. I, I kind of did at first, but yeah, I would say before you find out it was a kid, I was like, wait, no, no. Well, when he gets They're... trapped in there, I was like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah. See, I thought it, uh, the night, the knife being left on the steps, I was like, Michael would not leave his weapon behind. Oh, yeah, behind. when he left so, on the steps, yeah, for sure. The, the, kid, the kid's giving him shit, and what I thought was happening right here was that the kid was going to, the, the kid's parents were going to come home He's locked in there. He's got a knife. It's going to make it out to where he was trying to kill the kid. He's going to be the town pariah, which 
spoilers right. that that's coming, but not yes. not in the way you thought. Exactly. <laughs> I was with you. I'm with you on this. When whenever the parents come in, they hear uh, Corey yelling from behind the door upstairs. I'm right, going to kill you, Jeremy. Because Corey's trapped upstairs. He's, Jeremy lost not only is he in. trapped upstairs, he's trapped in the attic, which it was a creepy fucking attic. And, and he, Corey's freaking out because he actually is scared. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is very scared at this point. He kicks the fucking door open, hits the kid in the face. And as the parents are like, what was that sound? You hear, ah, and then boom, this little kid falls from four stories up, hits the goddamn floor. Blood is spreading everywhere. The parents are rushing to his side. The mom looks up at Corey on the staircase with the fucking bloody knife. Well, it's not bloody yet. My bad. With the knife. And she's like, what have you done? Title card. God damn, uh, yeah, movie. Strong opening. opening. I was like, fuck. Very yeah, strong here opening. we go. Yep. Very strong opening. They're always so clever, too, with the openings and how they you know, incorporate the pumpkins. And I, and I loved how the comp- the pumpkin kept like regenerating it's morphing like yeah it was like morphing regenerating rotting and i i loved there's i loved a, that opening there's a new one coming forward to take the place of the old one's shape every single time and that ties into the thread it, of it not a, only what 100% does 100% it's 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 the thread of this film and i think the thread of the entire trilogy from david gordon green Yes. And and um that that's where it's going. I mean a- after this we get Lori with her opening monologue and this this gives us again the thread to the whole trilogy how evil pain suffering it's sped, it sped it it's like it's spreading through us and to us like we're spreading it to ourselves. It's like an infection. The, the I really I, I I loved I loved this this opening part of the movie because it's it's almost like after that 2018 so i i want to remind everybody that this again is a direct sequel from the 1978 the events that happened in the 2018 film and the 2021 film happened in one night pretty much yep it was one night i mean i i think that a lot of people get lost in the 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 history of Michael Myers throughout the previous, you know, seven films or whatever. The films that don't even fucking matter. They don't even matter. matter. That's the biggest problem I have because not not that I have that. I think a lot of other people have, and they forget that like they'll upfront be like, Oh yeah, this, this, and then they'll start talking about certain things and be upset on. Well, anyways, I love that. I want to, I want to I want to expand on what you're saying. They get upset about what this franchise is supposed to be. Exactly. This franchise has five different timelines. It's not supposed to be anything. You're mad about the 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 Shakespearean dialogue in Halloween Kills juxtaposed by the insane brutality of the of the murders with with the nonsensical according to some people plot, but to me the story follows right through and I love the dumb shit in it, but I also think it holds up um story wise and, and going into this one this movie is not supposed to be this movie is six. not supposed to be anything other than a sequel to the previous two and the first one and yeah. i lo- i love how they talked about the quote unquote bad magic 
Tubi or whatever you want to call it that's infected the town. Yeah. This town has been ravaged multiple times. Uh, well, actually, it's only been ravaged twice, but with multiple murders yeah. throughout. So you have this, I don't even know what you would call it, this bad magic or whatever has happened uh, that has infected Haddonfield. So it's been a year since the previous film and people like they've, they've the film sets a really good precedence as far as what's happened. You know, crime's been up. There's been missing people. I mean, people are hanging, you know, hanging themselves. There's murders. Right, and shit. You see like, like a billboard missing since. Yep. So this, this Which... sheds some light. This finally sheds some light on the supernatural aspect of Michael Myers. And I love that it, it kind of starts to, because I mean, if there's one thing that these movies do is they do not take anything or any storylines or anything from any movie after 78, but they will pay homage. homage yeah. And there is like some Easter eggs in there. And the biggest thing with this whole David Gordon Greed franchise is, is they're, they're answering questions in very cryptic and facetious ways. And they're finally starting to answer your questions as far as the supernatural elements. And right away in the movie, we're getting that we're like, okay, there is some sort of super, it, it might be supernatural, but mm. it's, it's definitely affecting the townspeople. Right. And, and it's, it's like almost like, you know, shit's a ray right now. I mean, right. I, I, I love, I love that part of it. It's like, if you have a bunch of bad friends, you start to be bad too. And the whole town, yeah. it starts getting bad. It's, it's, it's the thread throughout all this. Is it heavy-handed? Maybe. But this is David Gordon Green's vision of how this story wraps up. And at the beginning of this movie, also, Lori burns a pumpkin pie because it's tradition that we bake pumpkin pies. She's got uh, she's living with her, her granddaughter, Allison, at this point, four years after the events of 2018 Halloween and 2021's Halloween Kills. When it comes when it comes to like how this this trilogy echoes the original, by the way, I want to say Halloween 2018 really ripped off 78 in a lot of ways. I think part two's Halloween ramped it up with Halloween kills like it ramped it up the same way Halloween two did. And Halloween three season of the witch was a breakaway movie. And I feel like this movie's sort of a breakaway film too, but it oh, keeps the Michael Myers aspect that. in there. That's a good point. I've got theories of that. I got a lot of notes on that. I wrote my notes in order, and I don't really want to necessarily get into that right now. But I want to ask you guys about the Laurie Strode character because the character we see in this movie is vastly different. Again, we're not talking about any movie after Halloween two. Right. It's Halloween one. 2018 2021 what do you guys think about the character because she, she's a lot different than what she was yeah in, because in she's sobered up yep and everyone's giving her shit for letting she, michael she's myers like this, out like stay-at-home mom kind of so like... she feels the guilt and everyone blames her for it mm -hmm. yeah that that that's true double d like everyone in this town's blaming her it's everyone in the first movie that was supposed to be the point of it or the first, the 2018 movie, like, fuck yeah. her, she let him out, and now the whole town is calling her out on it. And Which she... I never, I never understood that, even, even with this new movie, like, whenever she comes out the grocery store, I know we're jumping a little bit, but after meeting Frank, yeah, and that late, that lady's outside, like, 
what you smiling about? What you bought in there? Look at my sister. She can't talk. It's like, bitch, I didn't fucking let Michael out of fucking the, the prison or, or the insane asylum or whatever. Like, right. I never understood that part. But the well, original it, one, she was supposed to. And then they didn't like it, the audiences. She was supposed to wreck the boss and let him out so she could kill him. But yeah, I didn't understand that. It, no, that that, that, that would have made more sense if that would have happened that way, but it oh, did. she didn't let him out. See, this makes a hundred percent of because you get these callbacks of these old characters. Again, we're one year removed from the events of 2018, and or actually at this point, it's it's more than that. But four years, the yeah, four years. So the the town is is hurting, and they're looking for basically a victim. Um, or they're looking uh, to make a bully, money. a boogeyman. They're looking for a bully. Yeah, they're a looking for someone to blame, is what it is. And I, I, I personally love the direction they went with her because <clears throat> if you think about it, there was only one direction she could have gone. We, we, we can't have a third installment of this with the exact same Lori because I don't think the story would work. I think that killing off her daughter in the second one was pivotal. And I think they, they played it perfectly because what happens after that, if you think about it after the first film, Lori, you know, whatever she had, she had, did she have more than one kid or did she just have um, Judy Greer's character? Just I a, think she just, that just one. Yeah. So she just had one kid. She basically lived in, and I mean, she suffered and she was wallowing she in her in own pain. prison. Yes, forever. And there is one line in this movie we're going to get to in a minute where Corey was like, you want him to come back. So she lived 40 years preparing and in just pain and misery. And it it took the death of her daughter to make her realize, hey, I need to get my shit together this is I I've just got to deal with it. I've got to cope with it. And that right there was the turning point that basically was like, you know what? I am going to confront this and I'm going to yeah. live with it. And she, you know, a lot of it has to do with Frank and having her, you know, say, Hey, maybe you should write about it. Writing is therapeutic. I mean, that's, everybody knows that writing is therapeutic, whether it's poetry or journalism right or whatnot so yeah so she's, she's writing a book about her whole experience yes like yes I, I love this character of her i, I don't want to see Lori trapped in the cabin and preparing for michael again she's she's basically she gave up drinking she's being the bigger person she's like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go on i love is- what you said about like like writing is therapeutic dude as a songwriter yes that that is a key way to, to cope with bullshit going on so for people out there who are hating on the whole change in Lori's personality, it's like she's had four years that which is a long time. And she is sobered up from being yep. like yep. alcoholic. And she's yeah. forced to. I don't think that we, we would see this Lori if it wasn't for the death of her daughter because she had to step up. She's got a granddaughter. I mean, if you think about the trauma that this family has went through, it's 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 unimaginable. I mean, her granddaughter lost it's it's one thing losing your mom and dad, but it's one thing losing them in the the brutal ways that right. they did. Even though she didn't see her dad folded up in a fucking closet uh, or her mom get murdered that way, she heard how it happened. I mean, yeah, that's really going to fuck somebody up. 
Allison's way more fucked up than her. <laughs> right. See. Yeah. And I've got a lot to say about with her and Corey's thing. But All anyways, right, let's get yeah. going. So her, Lori, Allison, and Corey are all town pariahs now. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and we we get reintroduced to Corey in, in later in the film. He's working at his uncle's junkyard slash uh, auto repair place. That's his uncle, by the way, not his stepdad. I got the same thing confused, but it turns out that's his uncle. Right. That's his uh, his mom's brother. And he was so, on his way to be like an engineer or some smart shit like that. Okay, yeah. Oh, I yeah, Corey that. was, yeah. I, I meant I missed that. Um, That was his uncle. Yeah, I don't know how I came up on it, but apparently this is his uncle. <laughs> um, Cor- Corey almost gets ran over by a car twice in this movie, by the way. Just saying, he puts himself at peril. He's got he's got a date with death basically, but but t- t- so everyone knows Corey Cunningham is the main character of this movie. Just so everyone is 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 reassured, Corey Cunningham basically is the new Michael Myers in this movie. I mean, if if you're wondering where Michael's at because he don't show up till forty minutes in, if you're upset that Michael and Lori's story got pushed to the back burner, it's because in this film we have a new main character. And that that's that's who we're following because Corey is reintroduced and he meets Allison after dealing with some band camp bullies. These are some motherfuckers that I cannot believe exist. They are band students Dude, who are actually you, bullies. Have you noticed this in newer movies? Like I, I like small kids are bullies. Like, dude, beat the fuck out of them. Like, <laughs> way bigger than these little he's kids. way like, bigger. Why are you taking shit from this little band nerd? I, I th- let's I, bring back twenty six year old teenagers again in movies. <laughs> yeah, like, right. I'm not buying this kid. I'm in high school, bully. dude. You got a gray beard. Yeah. No, I love I love the fact that yeah, the bullies were were. I mean, because. They talked about they're preparing for the the big game, the football game. Yeah, to be in the band. It, it's it's I loved it because you're expecting the football players to roll up in a big truck. No, you get these like four band geeks that are the bullies. I was like, this is so refreshing. I love it. This, <laughs> this takes like the exact same stereotypes and the same, um, I would say, recipe in a movie like this, but it makes these little nuances and these changes that change it up and make it interesting. I understand oh Corey God. already has a reputation, so he can't really do anything to these nerds. But I don't buy him getting beat up by him. I mean, yeah, it always sucks to see him get his comeuppance with these fucking kids the first time. He breaks a bottle in his hand. He's like, damn, he's a badass. And Lori kind of saves him and they spike their fucking tire. Yeah. The next time they meet, he gets thrown off a fucking bridge. I mean, spoilers for what's coming wait, up. But wait, like, what did she say? She's like, no, are you going to do like, it? Or oh, am I? The psycho with the freak show. Oh, yeah. It's a psycho meets the freak show. Like, okay. Lori's dude. like, which one of us is the freak show? Which one of us is the psycho? Yeah. They, have, they got that little. Lori, Lori sees something in, in Corey at first that she's well, she sees something different later, but, but yeah, because he's an outcast just like her. her I think a lot of people forget how intelligent and perceptive Lori is, and she's got this connection that we'll talk more about. But I think she's got this connection with with Michael. And I, I think she's a little on the supernatural with Michael, too. I agree. I agree. And that's going to get into the notes I have later on. Right. Go on, T. Uh, well, Corey meets Allison being brought there by Lori to, to where Allison works at a doctor's office and his hands injured from squeezing a fucking bottle 
till it shatters Which in never his hands. Happened, by the way, but whatever. Yeah, well, when the bullet, when the band camp bullies are fucking with him, he gets pissed off enough. Yeah. They fucking spike the band bully's tire with a knife. Lori and uh Corey do. I loved it. So, Corey and Allison have their meet cute, and it's 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 fun. I like I like the character interactions, and Lori meets Frank in the supermarket, and I like their interactions. Yeah, you it's have a great way to introduce some some tertiary characters in the Doctor and some of the other nurses. Mm-hmm. And, and I it's, love seeing Frank Black back again. Will Patton, he's a fucking gem. I love seeing him back. Yes, yeah, so all I'll, these. Go on. No, just all these performances are so believable. I love them too. Like I love all these interactions. Yeah, Allison works at the doctor's office with this slutty nurse. Yeah, and Allison's looking for a promotion. Yeah, it's that promotion subplot cut. Mm-hmm. You got yeah. these two, these the Allison and, and her slut that don't know how to stop talking. Coworker just keep on fucking competing. Like Fake nice to Allison. You, you know the one thing though is is Annie Matichek is such a fucking dime, and Allison is so hot. Like yeah, she is the outcast, the pariah, but like goddamn, if there wouldn't be just fucking guys just drooling over her, and she's acting like she's this. You outcast, know, yeah, this yeah. this outcast, like I don't have any friends, and the way she throws herself at Corey, part of me is like, come on. Yeah. No, but dude, see, I like I like I like that aspect of this movie. I really do that she throws herself at this guy that she immediately like there's just a well, vibe. I got a theory a about vibe. it. I'm just saying in real life. Yeah, I got it. No, I got a theory about it. But yeah, keep going, Tibu. Well, no, I mean, dude, everything leads to basically Corey and Allison start seeing each other and they they she finally gets Corey to break his shell and go out to a dance club. He's wearing this fucking mask to hide himself and protect her sort Air of mask. Yep. yep. While, while they're there and he starts having uh, like an ep- epileptic <laughs> seizure. <laughs> I thought he was but he wasn't. It's a, it's just a weird cool scene. He's like dancing on his back on the dance floor. Yeah, it looked all <laughs> fucked up. This I I love this scene too because if you think about it, this is three years after w- what had happened. So essentially, yeah, he fucking kicks the door open and and the kid goes flying and boom, you got fucking brains coming out your ears. And he didn't. Get he, he goes away. Well, he 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 went he went away for a little bit, obviously, yeah. until they had it all figured out. But I mean, he lived for what we would have to guess is three years in some kind of in- isolation. Yes. And I love how you find out the toxic relationship that he's got with his mom later on. Is his mom or aunt? I thought it's it was his, his, mom. his mom. It's his mom. It's his She's mom. like, who are you texting under the table? Yeah. Yep. So anyways, he's, 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 you know, just, he's so, he's so, he's sheltered, but he's very just reserved. Like he doesn't want to. He's worried about fucking like going out there and having people fuck with him. Exactly. But also now that this girl likes him, he doesn't want to make her reputation go down with his. Like he's trying to be very considerate of her. This is still a part of the movie where you you really have the feels for Corey. He's a really like you know he's he's a wholesome character. He's a wholesome yeah sympathetic character at this point. Agree. You you have this attraction that is between him and and uh allison and i i want to say that with her dressing him up as a scarecrow i think that that is also another subtle nuance as far as 
with the scarecrow. Yeah, as far as with the type of costume Allison picked, because he there was a scene in the movie. It's not a throwaway scene. He texted her, "No, I don't have a costume." And she's like, "I got you covered." She picks him up, and what is he wearing? He's wearing the Scarecrow costume. I mean, come on. Subtle nuances, very clever. Very clever. And uh, this scene this scene leads to the mom from the, the mom of the kid he murdered being in the same bar. And, and basically, and I ain't going to lie, dude. I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, I'm sorry, and I'd leave. She she gives him shit for being out there enjoying his life. Oh, yeah. While fun. she thinks about her kid every fucking day. It's sad. It's sad because it's fucked like, up. you find out that they're probably divorced and yeah. their fucking million dollar house in the middle of small town Haddonfield is like nobody lives there. Right. It's a bad no one lives there. He's been like, killing himself for the last four yeah. years. The one time he goes yeah. out, he runs it's, into her. It's it's sad. It really is. <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> You got the band camp bullies after this <laughs> confronting Corey and throwing his ass off a bridge. That's the part. Like, dude, that's when you stand up for yourself. These little hundred pound kids are going to talk. But, you but I mean, it, it, I, but I, he I, can't how fight many back. times do you have these big, big guys that just get bullied? I mean, they just get like, like uh, not, not physically beat up, but they get beat down verbally and emotionally. And they're just, they feel like they're an ant and you've got these elephants. Of we need these... to talk about something later. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah. So he gets tossed. I'm off all the about bridge. hugs and cuddling. <laughs> Michael. Well, someone drags him away into a sewer and he wakes up in there and dude, so this is where the movie is going to piss everyone off. All right, we're like 40 minutes in. We're we're deep into a story that has nothing to do with Michael. almost. Yes. And then out of a crack in the wall, Michael starts cho- choking Corey in the in the fucking sewer. And then there's a transference of of some kind. Something happens, a, a link between them. And Michael lets Corey go. I don't think it's a transference. I want to go ahead and say that. It's, I don't believe it's a transference. Like he oh, okay. looks in his eyes and we it's, get like flashbacks. I be- yeah, I believe movies. it's a it's a moment. A I, transference it, of something. Something I, happens. I, I think so. It's whether it's pain, whether it's a memory, whether it's a vibe, something like something Michael something. feels off of him. And, and I believe this is one of those where it's a throwback. To again, this has nothing to do with any movie after Halloween '78, but this has to go back to I believe it was Loomis was saying it's his eyes, he's pure evil, mm-hmm. and there's a lot in this movie that has to do with the eyes because obviously it's brought up multiple times with Corey when she looks into his eyes, and then you get that story that 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 Ooh. exposition exposition dump from right. Well, yeah, but, Lord, yeah. Lori, Lori didn't see it until after this moment, right. Yes. Look, yes. Yes. Lori looks into the eyes. The dad of the the slain son looks into his eyes. They both see nothing. Right. They both see nothing. But before yeah. that, he was a good kid. So I think it was some kind of. It was. It was. Boss Tune is wrong. It was a transference of uh, some kind of evil. <laughs> um, and then Corey kills the bum. He kills the bum that that earlier was talking about Olafice. The yeah, sleeping serpent. the bomb almost attacked him. Yeah, th- so, yeah. Th- but I do believe that this sequence is 
this is where I wrote in my notes, like, man, I, I'm in the theater just writing shit down because I'm like, I, I'm digging this. Well, Michael and... doesn't let anyone live. So maybe Michael did see something in him, but he definitely transferred this... something to it. Yeah. And th- this is where you see the, the, what, what I wrote in my notes is, is the ride of the unhinged Corey. And this is where shit starts to get interesting. Yeah, dude. And I do want to say that I believe, I mean, the, the actor of this, I looked him up. I, I didn't recognize really anything he was in, a lot of TV stuff, but I thought I, that he 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 was fantastic in this. Corey. Yeah. Yeah, I recognize him. I Ro- Rohan, something. He, he was in a ton of shows, but. All right. He's so really, he, yeah, he's really good. He killed the bum. Bum's dead. And he got Lord. this motorcycle from his uncle. Yeah. He's tearing ass through town, <laughs> left and right. He, he goes. He, and, sorry, Tipu, go on. No, no, go ahead. He goes to pick up Allison after that, right? No, she. Yeah. He shows up to. She stitches his hand up, and she's well, like, "Well, teach, dude." She was coming on so hard to him. No, he already yelled that, at her. Like, why did you bring me here? No, I, I know, but I'm just saying. I want to go back to the fact that at first I hated. No, I just hated that <laughs> that interaction at first because yeah. I was like, "There's no way that you have someone like her throwing herself at him," and he's like, "No, no, no." But again, in a minute, I'm gonna share my theory with that. What? The, but she what was they, like, "I want you to teach me how to drive it." So yeah, they're. Oh, at the end, at, I got a theory about it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So he's he's teaching her how to ride the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, this dude. Well, he was oh, apologized to her, and she's like, "Okay, I accept." Go on. After, well, after Lori meets with um Corey's mom, they have that little interaction that that's kind of fucking awkward. Uh, Corey and and Allison submit their love when Corey tells off her ex cop boyfriend, the a dude that's been harassing her throughout the film. By the way. Which is and also he, she's way way too hot for that guy. He's like way too hot and fat. Yeah, he's an old fat man. Okay, Corey... so so this is what I have to say about that. Yes, uh, what is Allison at this point? Like 23, 24, yeah. 23 maybe? Because she was she was in high school in twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So she's like twenty two, twenty three. Okay, if you think about it, what's the stereotype of chicks that date older guys? Daddy issues, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this 100% makes sense. She's she's a broken human being at this point. She's got no mom. She's got no dad. She's been traumatized. Who is she going to go after? She's going to go after an older gentleman with someone that feels where she feels she gets security from, and it's going to be a cop. So I, I 100% bought it. What is it? The guy that died in the first movie, was that her dad or her stepdad? Her dad. Her real dad got fucking folded up and put into a closet that I'm pretty sure that was a throwback to like Halloween. Was it Halloween one where someone was folded up into a closet or something? No. Anyways, yeah. Her dad got folded up in the closet right before the the copper lantern in the first (laughs) in the first one. Well, yeah, it 100% makes sense that she's going after an older guy. She's got daddy issues and she's, you know, he's a cop. She's she's feeling These are parts of the plot that no one's even fucking talking about, dude. No one's even thinking about this shit. Yeah, like, no, because people, no people about are it. so checked out I at this thinking, point. Like, fucking why the fuck movie. is she with that guy? Right, but Boston is bringing it to this this other level like where again, haters are hating for fucking whatever reason, man, like 
after you saw Halloween Kills, if you weren't clued into what this movie was going to at least sort of give you, why were you so mad? So many people were mad about the fucking the promotion of like Lori versus Michael. I'll get into that later, but I'm like, well, dumbasses, stop watching trailers. I don't know what to tell you. Like, even, right. even I, I even saw the trailer and I was like, yeah, this looks like one scene from the movie. I know this is not going to be the whole movie. And what I got was way different. So Corey leads that that cop ex-boyfriend to Michael in the sewer. And we have the teaching of the blood ritual. Show me how to do it. In this scene, the cop comes across Michael's face imprinted in stone. That was interesting to me. What, what did that mean? Face? I thought it was just like a dead body, like. No, Jeepers Creepers. It was Michael's face. A lot of his face in this movie, and I fucking loved it for that. Right on. What did that mean? That was a very interesting scene to me. Okay, so this is where I think that it all comes together, and I loved it because I don't want to, but I am going to kick that dead horse. I said this. At the review of 2018, I said this at the review of the 2021 Halloween Kills. I'm going to say it again. I believe that a lot of the people that don't like this movie are the Halloween diehards that cannot get over the fact that this dismisses every movie after Halloween 78. A few moments later. Yeah, dude, I I love that scene because it was just creepy with, with the whole bringing the cop there because this is really, again reiterating what i said before when you're seeing the unhinged Corey cunningham coming in and you know something nefarious he, he goes and unzips the tent the dead bum falls out and you're like okay the cop does yeah so, yeah something is something is gonna happen here something's gonna go down and you see that that michael myers and i just i know a lot of people get pissed off at this because this is what they say is things that aren't aren't you know, this isn't Michael Myers. This isn't what he does. You can't say that because this is Michael Myers from 78 to the David Gordon Green. So mm. everything else after that doesn't doesn't count. Yeah. You can't have a Druid Michael. You can't have a Thorn Trilogy Michael. You can't have a H2O Resurrection Michael or a, or a Rob Zombie Michael. This is who knows what this is. We We don't know. We were never told. So. People getting mad about like Michael shows up 40 minutes in. Michael's doing this transference of evil. Michael's weak. Okay. How do you know what he's all about? We only have posturing from Lori and Frank in the previous film about what he truly is transcending when he kills, which were shown in this scene where he kills the cop that he does indeed transcend. He gets stronger and Corey wants to know how. That is that is one one of the things I want to touch on is this right here is where it clicked for me. I'm like, okay, clearly to me at least, there is some part of a supernatural element to Michael Myers because he is a hobbling old man at this point. And my theory is is he 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 got he he was almost basically defeated after the second Halloween kills. He was fucked up pretty good. They beat the shit out of him in the street. I mean, he got fucked up real good. And he he retreated. And where did he go? Well, you know what? This showed a part of him that a lot of people don't want to see because they don't like that. 
he was hanging out with Pennywise in the sewers. Hundred percent. They don't. They they don't like that that part of it. It goes back to the whole thing as far as like you know a viewer is going to make up something in their own brain that's going to be more effective than what they're going to see on film because this this question wasn't answered in any of the other previous films and all of a sudden you know we're in 2022 and they answered this question where does Michael go in between the movies well he's in a fucking sewer system. How old is he at this point? He's old, dude. He's in this mid to late sixties. No, he's more than that because this is four years after twenty eighteen, and he's older than Laurie at right. this point. So he's I believe. finally act- he's probably seventy so, something years so it old. It shows he is human, but also supernatural. But the best part about this whole scene is when he stabs and kills that cop. He fucking does that like little shudder and shake, and you can tell that he is getting empowered. By the death of the cop, the bloodletting yes. ritual, he is being empowered. My theory is that, hey, guess what? Laurie Strode from 1978 to this 2018 David Gordon Green trilogy, they're connected. Michael Myers and Laurie Strode are connected on some kind of level that we mm-hmm. cannot understand. So she's almost his equal. Even she, she sat there. I feel like they feed off of each other, but in like a reverse or a negative way because. She sat there and suffered mm. from 1978 until 2018. What did he do? He sat in prison and he was like gaining, like not necessarily gaining strength, but was dormant. And then they brought the mask in. He's doing mask... no fat for, <laughs> <laughs> for 50 years. Yeah. And yeah. He's like bus. He's ready to bust. They brought He's that mask in. The mask, the mask empowers him as well. He was biding yeah. his time. He was waiting. He goes out. He kills all these people. He gets that like, I feel like it's almost like a video game type where, you know, he's gaining like points and power points. He got defeated at Halloween Kills. And I love the fact that this movie had all these like nuances of, Hey, uh, the bullies show up when he's on the bridge and Corey's getting bullied. But in the background, you see this missing sign or you walk around town and you see this other missing sign of this other person. He's killing just enough people to keep him, quote unquote, empowered. Is he killing them, though, or is just his? I feel like he's infecting the whole town. I feel like he is. And he's doing just enough to keep him alive because this whole sewer scene, he's weakened. And he starts to get empowered when Corey's in there and he's killing this guy and he's biding his time. And again, uh, cinematic timing, it's Halloween and it's, it's, it's starting again. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's something tied with Halloween where he's being and getting empowered. So it's, at this point, it makes sense for him to befriend Corey because then Corey can bring him victims so he gets stronger. I don't even think, I don't even think that. I just think it's, I it's, like that. I like that thought though. I do yeah, like it, that it's thought just though. Cinematic timing. Um, and and he kills it's both. It's kills both. Cop. Yeah, he kills that cop and he's like rejuvenated and the shit hits the fan. Yeah, because well, I, I when I, has he ever let anyone live though before? Never. Never never, never in these movies. To bring people. But they outside. but they 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 bring it up in, in the movie when he goes to fucking I mean, we're jumping ahead, but he brings it up when he goes to visit. Uh, when Corey goes to visit Allison, he's like, "Did he let you live? Yeah, or did you get away? Because like that's what something's yeah. something's fucking. Anyways, keep going, Tibu. 
Well, no, we we jump from from uh the the whole sewer scene to where Corey kills the bomb, who's like, "You better go back in there and get me the mask of Michael Myers," and he stabs him to death. Another killing, and Corey at this point is wanting to be forgiven by the the father of the kid he killed. The father sees nothing well, in his we're at eyes. The point where the, he drags a cop in. The yeah, he already room. killed the cop. This is after the bomb. Yeah. No, well, I mean, no, but the dad, the dad of the kid that was killed, wants to. Yeah, forgive we him. we can't we can't pass over that part. Right. He he wanted to forgive him. He drove over to him and saw him, and 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 in Corey's eyes, he saw nothing. So he couldn't he couldn't even give him the like, hey man, I forgive you thing. It's like, oh god, there's nothing there. Uh, the dad tells that to Laurie Strode. Corey and Michael are teaming up like Batman and Robin, and they kill Doctor Mathis, the, the the man that that Allison works for, and the office tramp who got the promotion that Laurie was after, or that Allison was after, because she and, was S in that D. <laughs> yep. Oh yes, yeah, she was. He in this scene, you get the fucking awesome in the in the shadows kill that 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 Corey is doing. You could tell he's the amateur Michael killer. Hundred percent. He gets locked outside by the by the office tramp, and then Michael's like, Little "Daddy, slow. he's daddy." He he's like, "I got this. Don't worry." Iconic fucking stabbed through the wall shot right here, motherfuckers. Paying homage in a big bad way. And hangs him on the wall through the knife, which everyone says isn't physically possible, but it's fuck a fucking it. movie. Get over it's it. It's a yeah. movie. Yeah, fuck that, man. That shit's awesome. Even this time. Oh, yeah. It's the, the awesome. in this were fucking pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Corey is infected with the evil. Lori basically warns him off of being with her granddaughter. She sees it. There, there's that great scene too. That's a throwback to the original, where she looks out the window, the second story window, and he's standing like half hidden by a bush. I love that. I love and slash don't love that scene. Um, um, no, I love it because it's 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 there to throw you off. Because at this point, everybody's like, "Oh my god, he's the next Michael Myers." Back to the scene and the fucking sewers with the the bum. They're purposely leading you to that right. assumption. It's so for this the, is feeding that for the theatricality of the film. Yes, that is a great shot. That's why I say I love it for the logical side of the film. That makes no sense. But how, how so logic? I mean, she just happens to look out when he is like pulls standing, up. standing right there on the edge of the bushes ever so ominously. But he's on yeah, the sidewalk. I mean, it just happens uh, it's, that she's looking no, at him. Dude, it's, no. it, it's, it's a hard scene to swallow, okay? I agree, but I'm saying I love it slash hate it. Like, I love it for the purposes of the film. Logically, I'm like, uh, that's not a good scene. Okay, but, well, you're thinking but, about it in terms of he's been sitting there for 10 minutes waiting for wait, her to watch. Wait, wait till we get to our ratings. We'll see where I, where I sit. <laughs> no. But logically, it's fucked up. It's stupid. It don't make sense. But in the movie, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's good. Right on. Onward. Onward. Uh, Corey infected with the evil, and Allison knowing so based on his hand wound. Uh, Lori's telling him to fuck off, basically, like get the fuck out of here. After he's found sleeping in the spot where Jeremy died, which is something that Michael used to do, return to the spot where he killed his sister. Right. So more tying them together. 
Um, Corey goes back and WWF smashes Michael and takes his mask in the sewer. Which that part, what the fuck? How the fuck does he overpower Michael? See, I agree. I you, Again, Michael is a is an old hobbled man. He's like he, at he, this he's point, gaining he he's gaining his strength from killing people. Yeah, and and he's still not not where he needs to be. But real quickly, I want to talk about the fact of Corey and Allison and why it makes so much sense that they are attracted to each other. At this Both point, victims. exactly. And and they, they talk about this in the movie because Corey right away on their first date basically says, yeah, you're the hero and I'm the anti-hero. But she is like, no, I know exactly what you're going through. But I almost feel like, I mean, it, it, it's almost on the nose because Allison is in, I mean, she's a nurse. She's in that caregiving type uh, field. Where she's, it's almost like she sees him as someone that she can fix and someone yeah. that she can relate to and help. And it's a perfect pairing. Um, you know, so at first I was like, oh my God, they're, you know, she's throwing herself at him like this would never happen. But then it just like clicked and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is fucking genius because she is, you know, and, and he, he, he kind of mentions that too after he storms out of the party. He's like, I'm just going to bring you down. And and she's got this almost like unnatural draw to him. And just, just the, 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 the fact of how opposite they are. And as a viewer, you know where this is going. It's just adds to that, that stress level of like, Dude. Oh my God, can you not see where this is going? Two girls, girls always love a bad boy at, yeah. at the party. When he's wearing the scarecrow mask, he did the head tilt. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it. Yeah, like, mm. oh, shit. And, like, I thought they were building up to where it's be Allison versus Scarecrow and Lori versus... I mean, it, at this point, I think... <laughs> that would have been good. It was, it was such a clever, clever swerve of making you think that oh. Corey was going to be the next Michael Myers. I think Allison is going to be... <sighs> Yeah. Well, it, it was coming up on that, and I, I liked where the movie was going because we have Corey stealing the mask from Michael. Allison has a falling out with Lori, a big argument. It's fucking, uh, I think that's a good scene. And then yeah. Corey lures the band bullies to their demise at the junkyard. Great they all kills. get there. Yes, dude. Yes. The nerd, the band nerds get plowed through a fence, wrenched to the face, blowtorch to the mouth. Halloween pumpkin patch curb stomp. And the and one that all- was nice to him, he fucking just ran her face over when she's trapped under the fence. Plus, the uncle gets domed by the headband nerd. This is nothing but candy carnage happening right now. Like candy corn, candy carnage, bro. Like this is fucking at this dope. point. And it's all Corey dressed as Michael with the mask, fucking shit up. This is where it turns into Friday the 13th for me. Because we don't give a <laughs> shit about any of the victims. We want them all to die. So it's just like yeah. ce- celebrate celebrating their murders, which, yeah, that's a problem. I love it, but also, like, I'm not scared at all because I want them all to fucking die. You want them all to die. You get the blowtorch to the mouth scene. Corey kills his mom. That was awesome. Then- then he Hold kills. On. Before we get to the Corey killing his mom part, we get a couple of good scenes of Lori and the bartender at this point. 
I mean, I feel like the bar and the bartender have a couple of good scenes. What are your guys' thoughts on on this and as far as like how it pertains to the story? Because there's some good conversations that happen in this part. I do not remember. I don't remember that shit either. So, Lori, oh God almighty, I, I wish I could remember. I've seen this movie four times. I don't remember this. Well, I mean, okay, let's think about why. Why did Michael Myers let Corey live? I mean, did did he see potential in Corey when he looked into his eyes? Um, I mean, I'm I feel subscribing like, to John Darius, like he him. just used them. Yeah, I feel I feel like that was partially answered with with you know Lori and the bartender in that scene when she was talking about the fact, like, yeah, I met him, and she was like, I I could see, like, I could look into his eyes. He's not, you know. I got the same exact. Oh, I got the same exact when, feeling when I looked into Michael Myers' eyes. Right. That's when he's like, "I want you to meet someone," and it's the dad of the kid that Corey killed. Yeah, yeah. but I yeah, mean, there was that, that that line in the bar, which I mean, again, they probably shot like fucking three and a half hours of this movie, and they they chose to keep that in. I feel like there's some important or pertinent information in that, that yeah. we might need to dig into a little bit just because again, the, the, they brought up the eyes of this so many times that, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it, dude, it's, it's evil transfer. The like, the yeah. yeah. Michael saw through Corey's eyes. Like, and, and then it's the eyes again. It's the devil's eyes, sheriff. It's, it's yeah. all, it's all uh, Lovecraftian shit, dude. Like the eye, the 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 thing you see everything through, but you can't comprehend. Like the doorway we're getting to it, the soul. Yeah, we're gonna you, get you into the Lovecraftian that, that... shit because it's coming. Because it was so, in Halloween Kills. It's it's here now too. So the, uh, as the, far as the, as far as Corey goes, I mean, he, he you find out later too. I feel like this is like perfect, um, like like a perfect setup because you don't you don't see the, the toxicity between the relationship with his mom until he's already transformed. I mean, I, I almost feel like he was just no. a broken soul and he was just ripe and waiting. And it was just, yeah, like, but I, I feel like you see that the toxicity between them way before he yeah, was. No, 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 you really don't because like I, I did. Mean, the that uncle little, was nice to him, but there's that little, was there was that me. little scene. It was only that scene at the dinner table where she was talking about the, no, the texting. No, the no. But it wasn't until later on that you see like how toxic the relationship with his mom is. Because I mean, they definitely ramp it, it up. No, tries, no, yeah, she, they do ramp it up. I th- yeah, I agree. They ramp it up, but I think I think you saw it. I I saw it throughout dude. because the uncle was like, always had his back when his mom was yeah. at his ass. She was on his ass. Yeah. As far as as far as with Corey and in that house, I almost feel like he he kind of got his power. So. You come to maybe um, see that he spends a lot of time in that house. Do you think that house itself, like, because, I mean, you get that one scene of not only is he living or not living, but staying and sleeping in that house, but he's sleeping on top of the unwashed blood pile where the kid died. Right. And that's yeah. where you get that really cool scene with him and Lori. Right. It's almost like he gets his power from that house. Um, I mean, I, I've, what do you guys think about that? It, it's it's, and uh, I mean, do you, do you think it's it's it's? I think it's like I think it's like or is my, it real that he he is getting some court some kind of? I think it's like real, and I think I, I think it's real, and I think it's how Michael got his same power from where he killed his sister. 
Yeah, how right. he returned to that spot, and this this trilogy pays homage to that. Whenever, because it'd, it'd be one thing if he just passed out in the house, but he literally slept on top of the fucking unwashed blood pile of that house because yes. you know yes. shit went down. Because they, after seeing that 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 night, they never slept in that house again. The mom yeah. and dad, they were fucking. Well, early, earlier were, in the movie, after he killed the bomb, he told Allison, "I killed somebody," and then he took her to that house too. Oh, okay. So that was another thing too. Is he said that right after he killed the bum, which we I yeah. thought it was very big the bum. But yeah, yeah, he's talking about. You know, I don't think he's using what, the what, word facetious, what, right? Uh, facetious. Yeah, he's being tricky. He's being. Uh, he's he's not telling the whole truth. He's being, de- de- uh, deceiving. Facetious means like sarcastically mean. I no, think. no. Facetious means you you're saying one thing but meaning meaning another pretty much. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think the difference between Corey and Michael is Corey is vengeful. Yeah. Michael has a vengeance against Lori, I guess, but otherwise he just kills everybody and everything. Corey has emotions tied to his fucking kills. Yep. I agree because in, in the next scene, he fucking takes revenge on Willie, the kid who told them off earlier in the night, uh, uh, Allison and Corey, he, yeah, he the, told them all before, but the DJ for the local radio yeah, station yeah. gets his fucking tongue cut off, which is pretty gnarly. There's some cool kills, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. just goes on a rampage. But it, it was none of it was scary to me. Oh, and Darcy, the male girl, Darcy, yep. the queen, yep. yep, she made a great cameo as the front desk clerk or whatever. Darcy from Joe Blow, uh, <laughs> Joe Blow. Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> I'll take it. Last driving, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I know. I didn't realize that was her. She's the best. Yeah, you give us, you get some Lovecraftian philosophical quotes right here, where a caller to the station is like, "If you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss will stare right back into you." Yeah, and that's that's that. like Nietzsche, and then the DJ's like uh, Willie, the kid is like, "Well, life without music." is a mistake or something like that. But then Corey comes in dressed as Michael and fucking gives us a great kill where he bashes the fucking radio DJ's head into the, the, the fucking station table. Cuts his tongue off. Yeah, dude. And the tongue is on the record player, like skipping and then skipping and Allison's listening to it. She just like shuts it off. There's some sweet fucking kills in this movie. That's a good tie in right there. God damn, hell yeah. Allison's trying to figure out like where Corey's at, but at the same time, Corey is busy trying to kill Lori. You get the fake out suicide scene. This scene was so good, by oh, the way. Yes. It faked me out even. Like, what? Yes. That's how she's going. So, uh, okay. Oh, wait. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, keep going, Tibo. Why is she committing suicide? No, she wasn't committing suicide. I know, but why was she? Why did we think she was going to commit suicide? She, she was going to go upstairs. She turned all the lights out. She went upstairs. She had the gun that she had talked about previously in the film. Um, she, it, it she all said, seemed like she got in a fight with Allison or yeah. something. Yeah, Allison yeah. was leaving. Like she was leaving town with Corey. With Corey, yeah. And 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 as and she knew Lori knew exactly what was going on. But Allison again is this impressionable young lady and she finally meets someone for the first time 
And she's like, you know what? We got to get out of Haddonfield. And, you know, Lori's going to be left alone. Yeah. Lori seems like she's going to be left alone. But whenever she shoots the pumpkin all over the wall. Well, yeah. Well, we don't Corey know comes in. We think it's her brains. Yep. So we just see shit fly. And you hear it. Great, great, great audio on that. Yeah. Seeing it from and the killer's view, he walks in and we see it's a pumpkin. And it's Lori like, you think I'd really kill myself? Fuck you. And she shoots Corey Which twice. at this point, I thought it was Michael. Until we see the mask and they go, it's Corey because he has the mask. I knew it was Corey. I knew it was uh, Yeah, I, I knew it was Corey. Yeah, because he had the mask. Well, once I saw the mask, I knew it was Corey. But before that. Mm-hmm. So she lays him to waste. And is basically ready to fucking kill him, kind of. But uh, Allison, Allison shows up and and no, and she shoot he she shoots the gun. She shoots, she it. hits him twice in his shoulder. But the best part about this whole scene is Corey was was spitting truth at Lori, um, saying that she secretly wants him to come back. And again, this ties into the entire thread of the David Gordon Green franchise. And yes, dude, tie it in further. Yeah. It 100% makes sense too because this goes back to what I said before was that after the first one, you know, a lot of the haters from the first and the second film, you know, talk about Lori and how she wouldn't be like that. I'm like, fuck that, dude. She she was terrorized as like a 17-year-old kid. She she's I mean, it makes sense. She feeds off of him. This this goes back into my theory of of they both feed off of each other. And he 100% or she 100% wants him to come back because she feels that is her purpose in life. She, you know, until she turned into this fucking, you know, do good, stay at home, mom slash grandma, her whole goal was to have him dead. I mean, that was all she well, wanted was to have him dead. I'm going to get into my biggest problem with this film right now. Um, when Allison shows up and Lori's in the house with fucking Corey and, it's coming to a showdown. Corey stabs himself in the neck. Yep. And basically ends his he's not dead yet. Spoilers, but you don't know that, but but this ends his arc. Like this movie should have been way more about his arc and how that turns out versus he kills himself. So that's my one real issue with the film is like that Corey doesn't get a full arc he really he, he don't. does though because he said this multiple times in the movie and he he but says it, but if it, i can't it, have her nobody it, can. I, no one will but it doesn't make sense now well but <laughs> it does because he no no it does he, not he, he doesn't no, say it, no one can no one will have her yeah no yeah because he stabs himself in the neck and guess what she can have everyone she wants after this not he's can, dead well I, I don't know if that's well, yeah, I mean, he, he, I think at this point, I mean, I believe that you are led to, to feel that he and, and Michael are tied together and he's like, you know what, Michael is going to finish this. I think that Corey truly felt that his purpose was to go there, was to kill Lori and he was going to fucking sail away in the sunset with fucking, um, Allison and without him killing Lori. Since Lori and Michael are tied together, Michael is going to finish it all. That's still my one big gripe. That don't solve it for me, but I will say Lori rolls out, Michael sneaks in, 
He dons the mask and kills Corey with a neck snap. Bye-bye, best character of the film. And now it's time for what everyone wanted so badly based on the trailers. And for the sixth time in the franchise, it's Lori versus Michael. Oh, my God. Are we ready for number six? Because it was part one, part two, then again for part fucking seven, part eight at the beginning. 2018 and now this one have we not had Lori versus Michael enough to where people aren't fucking satisfied we get a decent hold on hold on I'm sorry drunk Darius has to go he's gonna give uh just give us your rating drunk Darius give us your rating uh eight out of ten eight out of ten all right thank you drunk Darius we'll check you later good night drunk Darius oh my god all right Uh, yes, but no, anyways, yeah, it's the Lori and Michael showdown that you've seen in fucking six times in movies. Yes, you get a decent kitchen fight where Lori pins Michael down to a table with knives and you say decent? fridge. It's decent. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think it's the best. No, but it's decent. H2, H2O has a better fucking final fight than this movie does. Straight up. But um, he manages to choke her, and Allison returns out of nowhere, breaking Michael's arm, and then they bleed Michael out, slitting his the throat. The bloodletting, it's the ritual. Ri- this is why yes. I fucking love it. It's the fucking ritual. Yes. Dude, yes, the bloodletting ritual. You're saying it's decent. Keep going. Dude, no, uh, no, I said what was decent, I said was the um the fight. The fight. The ending is bloodletting excellence. And you have they they bleed Michael out, stab him like Jesus in the ribs. They fucking slit his wrist. Slit Not his in throat. the ribs. She she okay, so I got he's got this I, huge butcher block and she fucking traps him with the fridge so he can't kick his legs. She has both of his fucking legs or his arms. Uh, stabbed through his hands. He's like Jesus. He he's like the he's like the Leonardo da Vinci symmetrical man, trapped <laughs> on this fucking butcher block. She's bleeding him out. She's telling herself he's only a man. She stabs him strategically in his armpit, which gets his uh, brachial artery coming down from his arm. She fucking cuts his wrist. She she stabs him in the neck, every main artery on him, and there's just blood. Just excessive amount of blood. They called the town together and they crowd surf Michael Myers' body up to the front of where they are at the junkyard where fucking Corey. I'm not, I'm not gonna worked. lie, one of my favorite lines of this movie because you get that old the, the sheriff and they're like, you know, you get like a, a cop, like just a townie saying, This isn't how we do things, and you're like, Oh my god, we got the sheriff back. You know, the, the one that shows up at the Evil Dies Tonight Halloween yeah. Halloween, uh, kills. And he's like, this is how we do it tonight. And I'm like, yeah. at, in, inside, I'm like, yes, let's do it. This is what you want to see as a fan, as a true fan of the David Gord Green series. This is what you want to see. I mean, the movie ends there when she bleeds him out. How, how, how fucking lame would that be? No, they lame. give you what they, they give you not only what you want to see as a fan, but more importantly, they give the town what they want to see. This whole movie is predicated off of what he has done to the town. 
everything that happened in 78 was forgotten. You have 2018 film and the 2021 film happen in one night. This is what the town needs. This is what they want to see to free them from the curse, the the, the curse of Michael Myers. They crowd surf his ass to the fucking industrial grinder and Lori dumps him in there and we get a fucking amazing kill from Michael Myers. The best in the fucking franchise, I'm going to say right now. That's the best fucking death from Michael Myers right there. And the film ends with Allison leaving Haddonfield, Lori and Frank rekindling their spark and a peaceful town free from the shadow of its boogeyman. I personally think that this ending was perfect because you can't have an ending for a movie called Halloween ends with him being bled out on a fucking butcher block because like, you're going to have people talking like, Oh, there's going to be another one or, Oh, he's going to be resurrected this or that. No, they turn him dude. You know what the best part is too, is I swear to God, I got done with work early on Thursday and I was like, God, what sounds good? Like I, I, you know, it was cold as fuck. Like our, my fucking pool's freezing. We're like, we need some kind of home, you know, comfort meal food. I made mashed potatoes and meatloaf. And then all of a sudden I see Michael Myers being turned into meatloaf. And I'm like, I fucking love it. That is the way he needed to die to close out this franchise. There's not going to be a Halloween five or, or whatever. Um, we, what are we at? Four? No. Yeah, we're at five. No, four with David Gordon Green because Halloween did end. This franchise story is over. Is this the last we saw of Michael Myers? No. We're going to see movies of, of him in the future. It's just not going to be in this same storyline so or timeline. But that is the way he needed to fucking die because Michael Myers is, is in a thousand different parts being spewed out across the fucking junkyard. Yeah. No, this th- this ending is fucking perfect for what this trilogy set out to be based on being a sequel to the first film. I agree. And I think in 20 years time, people will look back on this trilogy. They're so mad now. They're so mad. But they'll look back and they'll be like, oh, this was fucking dope. It was th- this entry. All three of these entries were fucking dope. All right. They were fucking cool, fun experiments in the Halloween franchise. Well, <laughs> Very well needed, I'd say. Like I, I, I think this is these are the best films outside of part one. Like is these three films. Well, so I, 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 I will say I've got a soft spot in my heart for Halloween two, well three as well. But that's not a that's not a Halloween film. That's not a Michael Michael Myers film. It's it's right. it's a fucking jam. I love it. Yes, but it's not a Michael Myers Halloween film. But yeah, I, I agree. These these three are, are fucking gems. I love them. If you're looking at everything else from the franchise and you're trying to judge like based on this movie, this that movie, like these three movies, these four movies, realize what the timeline is you're talking about and where you're coming from with it and what it means. These movies mean a lot to certain people nowadays who never saw the whole Halloween franchise. And as someone who has... These movies mean a whole hell of a lot because I love these movies way more than some of the fucking <laughs> the trash, the Turds. trash, 
that's in this franchise. Yes. Yes. David Gordon Green did us a good service. And 100%. we owe him. We owe him our gratitude, not our hatred. This is probably the fifth or sixth best movie in the entire Michael Myers movie film catalog. Halloween ends. I'm going to say that right now. Boom. There you go. <laughs> so, Whenever it comes to Corey Cunningham, Michael Myers, that's evil changing shape. That's the pumpkins in the opening scene. They're the same characters. Lori gets closure as well as her granddaughter. Um, this was someone else's vision. And John Carpenter himself says that he loves Halloween kills and ends. So that's enough praise. I think in the 10 to 15 years after this, people will have a different perspective on the trilogy. They'll have a different idea. I do want to give a body count for this is the 13th film in the Halloween franchise. There were 13 kills in this film, none of which go to Corey, who did the majority of the kills. Three go to Michael, and one, and the most important one, goes to Lori. She killed Michael in the industrial meat grinder, motherfucker. I wish so, you guys could hear, literally, as, as Tibu was talking about the kill count, the coyotes started going fucking nuts. I wish you guys, I hope you guys can hear that on the on the mic here. <laughs> but are, I, we doing, was, are, are, are we doing ratings tonight, or are we do, what are we doing? Does Dolly Parton sleep on her back permanently? Uh, yeah, bud. All yeah, right. Final thoughts and ratings. Do you want to go second or first? I want to go second. You want to go second. I knew I was going to make you go second. So I just want to say I personally love the direction they went. Um, I, I believe this is a fresh take on the, the franchise. When we're coming in with a new franchise, which this is what it is. I mean, this is the third film of the David, David Gordon Green vision or franchise. The, the joke that I had was, is, is you either go to space or you really change it up and they didn't go to space. And I think they changed it up in, in the right way. Hashtag uh, leprechaun Four. check out that episode. That was pretty fun. Yeah. The same theory goes out again with the haters of this one. This one goes against the norms of the original franchise. Again, this is a direct sequel to the 1978. I feel like I have to keep saying that because I know people I've, I've listened to a bunch of reviews and, and talked to a bunch of people that have watched this and did not like it. This, this one is, it has nothing to do with any movie after the second one. So you need to just so understand many people get a, that fucked up. They get it so fucked up. It's, it's a different vision. Um, And, and I mean, this is, just it's a different vision it's a different story preferably this is for me a better story franchise etc than any other one out there so yes um yep. i mean again it was vastly different and i loved it for because i went into this one i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say that i saw this obviously a lot later than a lot of other people and even though i don't watch trailers i don't you know, like to listen to or reviews after or, or before I watch it. I know a lot of people did not like this, but that I, I'm not going to lie. This kind of made me be like, God, this is so bad. I may have been a little bit biased going into this in the fact that I'm like, why is this so bad? Like, I feel like I need to defend it. <sighs> 
again, what I want to reiterate with my final thoughts and ratings is, is this is what I really liked about this is it's, it's almost like Michael Myers and Lori again are tied to each other. They feed off of each other. I really feel like the first movie kind of proved that in the fact that, you know, Lori lived this life of isolation, desolation, a lot of pain and suffering that she felt. And Michael Myers is sitting there in prison waiting. He was dormant. He's like a fucking hibernating bear. And he was waiting for the time to, I guess, do his thing or escape or whatever you want to call it. It just so happened you have a couple podcasters, um, uh, Tibu, that were like, you know what, let's let's go. And they almost provoked him with his mask. And that started up the entire thing. <laughs> I don't want to spend a lot of time on my counter arguments. But again, a lot of people are, are upset about the marketing of this because they felt like they were duped with the <laughs> trailers. And yeah. the short version is, is <laughs> well, fuck you for watching trailers then. You know, I don't watch trailers. Yes, yes, I agree with that 100%. This. Yep. I mean, they're upset because they expected Michael Myers to be a lot more in this. Well, guess what? This wasn't a film. This wasn't a Michael Myers film. That's a weak-ass argument from it motherfuckers who watch trailers. People watch a fucking 90 second trailer and they build up this entire movie in their head. And then three months later, they go watch it in the movie and they're like, well, that's not what I thought it would be. Well, maybe you shouldn't have fucking watched the trailer and and and, and built up your own storyline based off of that. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that I will say is that a lot of people just don't understand the fact that this is. The David Gordon Green franchise is only a direct sequel from 1978. This movie only exists in that realm. Um, I mean, you get a lot of these people that that have this built-in idea, which it's easy to have that. I don't really blame them because you've seen him in another, you know, six or eight movies or whatever, where he's this, you know, quote unquote, you know, he's 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 an unstoppable force. Um, he's this natural evil kind of thing. He's this killing machine, but we, we just need to let that, let that notion go because he, Michael Myers was someone who killed like three babysitters in 1978 and then went to prison. Everything else after that happened in 2018, Halloween, Halloween, uh, kills in 2021 and Halloween, uh, ends in 2022. People don't, people don't like giving up that shit, bro. All no, right. I know they don't. I know they don't. And and it, it saddens me. But again, anyways, um, I will say that this movie was, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Did I enjoy it as much as the previous two? No, I really didn't. I was What's almost, your rating? I was almost, I'm getting there, bitch. I was almost, <laughs> I, I know I'm going really long here on this, but I felt like there's a couple points. I wanted to, there's a couple points I wanted to make. This went a direction that I was not expecting at all, and I'm almost disappointed it went in that direction, but in the same token, I'm glad it did because this is something that I never saw coming, and honestly, I don't think that a single person out there could have seen it going this way. I think a lot of people are butthurt because you actually see for the first time Michael definitively 
dying at the end. And I think that bothers a lot of people, whether it's like, you know, subconsciously or whatnot, like, oh my God, he's, he's done for real. But this, this fucking franchise and this storyline is dead. This It's done. It's done. Are we going to see another Michael? Yes, but we're not going to see him in this franchise. So that being said, I really did enjoy this. Again, I recently saw this in the theater. I might be a little bit biased, but I'm coming in at a nine out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, bud. Um, seeing this after Star Wars, like how, oh yeah, is this questionable? Yeah, it could be, but based based on it's it's after part one and then 2018-21, fuck you. This movie is a gem. This movie is fucking coming in doing the Lord's work, giving you the unexpected, dropping everything to the fucking, like, this movie is coming in at a fucking nine for me. Nine oh, out of ten. Dude, I love it. I love it. Yeah. There's no way it doesn't. Like, there's too much going on here. I, I really hope that either you or Drunk Darius would have, like, not liked this movie because I would have loved... I, I think, honestly, I think we would have had a better conversation if we had somebody on that did not like this movie because it would have been a fun back and forth. But, dude, it's... I, I love it. This movie's so fucking good, dude. Like, I don't know how to fucking hide that. Like, it, it's so good. Like, I love this this whole trilogy, like... The Halloween films were never meant to be something that's elevated beyond what the what we all agree the first is elevated to, which is a classic. Yep. So John Carpenter is like, all right, Halloween, yeah, classic, agree. Now we move on to the David Gordon Green trilogy, and we, we ignore everything else, right? So it all gets ignored, and... Based on part one, part two, and then this one, part three. Yeah, this this is the fucking shit. Like, this is the best Halloween franchise movie shit that's ever been put out. Like, I don't care. This is the best, hands down. Yep. I mean, besides Halloween 2, which has a soft spot in my heart. Again, Halloween 3 is a fucking masterpiece to me, but I'm not going to put that in. That that's not a Halloween Michael Myers franchise movie uh, for me, but I, I I love it. Um, I, I'm I'm glad you love it as well too, and I hope that we maybe shed some points and some light on a couple topics maybe some people haven't thought of, and maybe you know we'll we'll, we'll just give some different perspectives and and. People would go into it with a little bit different of uh, a mindset next time they see it. But I'm glad the only thing that I don't like about this is the fact that we are, I mean, we're going to have to think about something else for our, our Halloween night movies, because we're not going to be seeing a Halloween movie in the near future. So Joe Blah Horror Show is going to have to be thinking of something else here for uh, Halloween 2023, bud. Hell yeah, but we got it. We got it. We got it. So anyways, <sighs> Tebow, is there anything that you really, I mean, I feel like we blew this movie pretty good. I do want to say uh, Tebow or Tebow, Double D had to leave unexpectedly. Well, not unexpectedly, but he, he did say that he said he texted me. He's like eight out of 10. 
Very fun. He said the ending could have been better. And he said, evil doesn't die tonight. It changes shape. So yes, he mentioned, and I believe that he kind of played in that, that, that whole deal that Allison, he, I mean, he mentioned earlier in the show that Allison is going to potentially kind of take over. I'm not really sure. That's an interesting take, but it's, it's a fun take as well too. So, well, and just so you know, and all the listeners know, evil doesn't die tonight. It just changes shape, bud. Yeah, bud. <sighs> Anyways, happy Halloween, Mother Truckers. I hope you guys enjoyed this show, even if you don't like the Halloween David Gordon Green franchise as much as we do. I hope you guys had fun listening, but... With that, stay tuned because we're going to be coming at you with uh, probably, I don't know, we really know. We haven't talked about it. We're probably going to do an episode or two normal for for November, but I will give you guys a little bit of a teaser in that we have some pretty interesting and fun shows planned for Christmas time. So stick, stay tuned. We're going to have a couple fun Christmas episodes coming out with some special guests for that. But Tibu, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with as we wrap this up? Yeah. Don't ever think for a second that you can trust anyone ever because they're most likely zombies. (laughs) That they are. All right, bud. Well, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abodes To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster mash The zombies were having fun The party had just begun The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It caught on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Out from his coffin, Rex's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the match. It's now the monster match. The monster match. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the match. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. 
now everything's cool, Drac's a part of the band And my monster mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is sent Then you can mash Then you can monster mash The monster mash And you my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can monster mash Mash! Easy, Igor. You impetuous young man. 